0: So we have been uh, doing a sermon series in the book of James, and if you heard the James scripture this morning, James has been pretty much unrelenting, and he's been just whipping us all up and down this church for the last four weeks. We have one more week to go. Before I started, I said, oh my goodness, we should be able to get through James and do a sermon series on this. And then I realized James is just like, don't do this, don't do that. You fix your mouth, fix your world, do this, do that. And so we have yet again another scripture this week when James is still preaching to us, preaching at us, encouraging us to change the way we live, change the way we think. We started this sermon series by talking about just do it to be doers of the word. And by the way, we did that on that Sunday and that Monday Nike released their 30 year anniversary Colin Kaepernick ad and all of that stuff. Unplanned, I did not know about it. I do hear from God, but I didn't hear that one. So uh, had I, I would have said something about it that Sunday. And then we learned about body and soul. What does it mean to uh, belong to God, body and soul, and to put ourselves out there to do justice and to love others? And then we also, last week, we, we talked about taming our tongue and understanding that our words create our worlds. Our words create our reality. And this week, what we want to talk about is the good life. What does it mean to have the good life? So I want to start with what I think is most of our challenge, and maybe I should just say my challenge and what prevents me sometime from living the good life. James says, you covet, in so many words to paraphrase, you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. Some of the things that we covet and cannot gain causes us to enter into some disputes and conflicts that may be unrelated to the thing that we're coveting and that we are wanting. I saw a meme earlier this week that said, yes, the grass, have you ever thought that yes, the grass is greener on the other side because you're not there? I'd like to say the grass is greener on the other side, but so is that water bill. Trust me. When I bought a house with sprinklers, I learned it oh so well. <laughs> How often do we covet things th- that we cannot have, that we really, really want, and we don't understand why we covet those things? I've heard somebody say, "Yeah, people want to have, want to be married, and they want this life and they want that life and they want what e- what they see everybody else is putting out there on Facebook because we don't really know what's happening behind the Facebook. We want." what they are putting out there on the Facebook but we never ask ourselves, instead of getting envious and instead of getting jealous, do I really want what they have exactly, or is there the essence of what they have that I want? Is it the essence that's behind the thing that they have that I want? Is it that I want their husband, or do I want to be in a relationship like they are in a relationship? Is it that I want their wife, or do I want to be in a relationship like their relationship? Is it that I want their children, or do I just want? have a family of my own. Some of us have to get off Facebook because we realize we get too wound up in everybody else's life. And instead of saying, God, I feel this envy. I feel this jealousy. What is it that you're calling me to grow into? What is it that you're calling for my life? Instead of using it to stew and get all turned up. And that prevents us from having the good life. looking at other folks' stuff. Stuff that they worked for. Stuff that they worked on. Wanting to be married for years and years and years and wanting a relationship like that. Let me tell you something. It takes work. It takes work. It takes prayer. It takes, uh, saying yes when you want to say no. <laughs> it takes learning. Is this the fight you really want to fight? And see, these, these principles are not just in your, ma- it's on your job too. It's in all of your relationships. Is, is what I'm about to do worth me doing? Is the thing that I'm coveting that is causing all this drama over here worth it? How can I live into what God wants me to have? Years ago, I heard a preacher say, comparison breeds discontentment. Well, that church, they got a thousand members. What's wrong with my church? Well, that church over there, they got all this money. Why don't I have all that money? Well, so-and-so is flying around in a jet. I know dang well they ain't going to get me no jet. I wish I would. I'd be unelected and run out of here so fast. (laughs) They'd be like, what happened to Reverend Leslie? Well, they fired him. (laughs) He asked for a million dollars for a jet. They let him go. (laughs) Comparison breeds discontentment. What we are being encouraged is to not try to find the better life in material things and in other folks' lives, but to find the better life in our life that is born of gentleness, a gentleness that is born of wisdom. And these two things do go hand in hand. Have you ever found somebody that is gentle but not wise. They're really kind. They're really nice, but just not wise. Foolish in a whole lot of ways, doing a whole lot of things that they shouldn't be doing, but they're nice. They're kind people. They'll write anybody a check. They'll give money out to everybody and then ask you why they're broke and be up in the church asking you, Pastor, pray for me. Well, what happened to you, man? Well, I gave it out because all these people needed it. That's being gentle but not wise. Or have you heard of anybody that is absolutely foolish but not gentle at all? Arrogant, angry, always chasing after somebody, but very wise, very smart. Wall Street is full of people who are wise, but not gentle. A lot of major corporations are full of people who are wise, but not gentle. One of the ways that we are to live, I get this from uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He says we need to be tough-minded and tender-hearted not just one or the other tough-minded and tender-hearted consider the disciples from our scripture today you've got to love the gospel of mark and for those of you who are not familiar with the gospel of mark we have bible study every wednesday at 7:30, led by j2 come and learn about the gospel of mark mark Disciples are always messing up something, following Jesus, learning about Jesus, being wise but not gentle sometimes, being foolish but being gentle sometimes. This week we hear the disciples grumbling about who's going to be the first one, who's going to be the greatest one, who's going to be the better one, and Jesus is like, no, that is not what this is about. You are coveting the wrong thing. You are not understanding that I'm calling you to live into your greatness, not some greatness in this other kingdom, not some greatness among my disciples, not to be like me. I called you to be a disciple to live into your own greatness. Each of you had a separate, unique, individual gift. You're sitting here trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest. All of you are already great. Get it out of your head and move on. Stop coveting Peter's gifts and John's gifts and Bob's gift. You have your own gift and your own uniqueness. The most effective antidote is to be content. Now I know contentment is really difficult, but to be content is to believe, to have wisdom, that you have all that you need. And to be gentle is to mean that even if you think you don't have all that you need, there is no need to be a jerk. I almost used a different word, but there are some kids in the sanctuary and I haven't used that particular one just yet. Wise and gentle is truly the best way to live your best life part of what holds us up is our holding on to things that we should have let go of a long time ago i've said this several times from this pulpit probably several times in the last couple of months but i want to give you a scripture that gives you some wisdom about how to let go and how to move on past the people and the places and the things and all the things that we are coveting and getting all twisted and wound up about. This is one that I think you should commit to memory. 1 John 2.19 says, They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But by going out, they made it plain that none of us or none of them belong to us. Letting go of those people, letting go of those places, letting go of those things. The reality of what this scripture is saying is that to live the good life and to truly be wise and to move forward with your life is to let go of things that didn't belong to be in your life anyway. Mama might have left, friends might have left, Schools might have rejected you. All of these bad things may have happened to you, but it came out from you because it was to be made manifest that it was not of you in the first place. Much of the reason why we can't attract some of the things into our life that we want is because we are trying to attract a thing that is not of us or our attraction for that thing is rooted in selfish ambition. In other words, do you want it so you can abuse it or do you want it so that you can bring glory to God in your life? Do you want those friends back so that you can get back at them? Or do you want them back so you can forgive them and bring God glory in your life and in that relationship? Some of those folks needed to go. Some of those folks needed to be out of your way. They simply are not of you. You are not of them. And you may have had to be the one to separate yourself from them. It's okay. They can use the Scripture and say, you were not of them, and you are not of them. It's okay. Let them go. One pastor put it a good way. Cut the suckers loose. I tell you, one of the things... That uh, well, Marcus mentioned this this morning. I was talking to him about uh, the sermon, and, uh, and I mentioned something about eagles, and he said, yeah, I saw it on Married to Medicine, that eagles do not consort and consult and hang out with chickens. That applies to people, places, and things. Most of you in here are eagles the ones that have joined this church and been affiliated with this church and frequent this church, I know you are eagles because I put a homing beacon on this church when I became the pastor. I say, God, send me eagles. I don't want no chicken heads. I don't want no chickens. Send me eagles. We have too much work to do. I am not worried about the mega church down the street. I ain't worried about the, sh- uh, the church around the corner. I ain't worried about nobody else's yet. What I am worried about is what God has called us to do here at Cathedral of Hope, and I need eagles, not chickens. And I put some repellent outside for the chickens. Folks drive by, they be nerved up, don't know yet, keep going on down the street. This ain't no chicken church, it's an eagle church. And if that means we have to grow at a slower rate than God, so be it. I don't want no chickens because chickens don't know what, chickens don't even know they've lost their head until the head's been cut off. Don't want no chickens. Many of y'all are eagles, but you still want to hang out with chickens. You want to have chicken thoughts. You want to do chicken things. You, wanna, you go end up at Popeye's in a box. You are not a chicken. You are an eagle. Let them go. Let it go. Move on and say, God, I don't want to covet anybody else's stuff. God, what do you have for me? God, who is for me? Where should I be? This pain, this envy, this jealousy of want, want, want. God, open me up to see what you're calling me to. Show me the opportunity that I can move forward and have a better life. Because I know, God, I am an eagle and not a chicken. Psalm says, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, do they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted, by the streams of water. There is nothing, this is the only thing you remember from today, there is nothing that you desire that is not within your capability to attain. If you have not attained it yet, then you might want to figure out why. You might want to figure out what is already in your hands that you have to get you to where you want to go. The tools that other folks have used to get to where they've gotten to, to be in the relationships they're in, to build the friendships they've built, to build the families they've built, those tools Won't work for you. God customized tools for them. Their tools won't work for you. But you've got to believe you're an eagle. You've got to be content with what you have. Yesterday, uh, or over the last three days, uh, Cindy and I have been. at, uh, <laughs> we were at a conference learning about different, unique, and powerful, and wonderful, amazing things that different churches are doing. New, interesting ways that churches are doing ministry in the world. We heard about one church that was down to about 15 members 10 years ago. They probably have about 30 members now, but they're about to open up a $7 million building and revitalize the corner that their church is on. Why? They focused on what they had. They weren't focused on what the megas, the bigs, the this one and that one was doing. They focused on what they had. That was only one story. There was another story of a church. Forty members opened up a a $500 million apartment complex and put their church in the middle of it, and that apartment complex is providing housing, affordable housing for people who need it. Oh, and by the way, that church is able to charge less because they don't need the money to make the church work because the church is already owned and on the property in the middle of the apartment complex. They didn't have thousands of members. They had about what we have. So there is nothing to say that where you are today, you can't have the good life that you desire. And it starts with being content with what you have. It starts with being wise about what you have. And then being gentle and not bitter with everybody else because you haven't gotten to where you want to get to just yet. Do you receive it? Amen. Well, then let all of God's people say Amen.